щиродині, Богдав щастя всій родині, Богдав радість нам небес. Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Heaven's joy comes forth to be With gladness every nation, every home and all creation, for God's word has come to pass. Christos Voskras, Christos Voskras, Christos Voskras, Christos Voskras. Миром Божим світ краситься, люди мир там Бог небес. Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! All from slumber now are risen, on this day new life is given. Earth and heaven hear the story of the triumph and the glory that God's word has come to pass. Christos Voskras! Christos Voskras! Christos Voskras! Christos Voskras! Той Боже, всі вітаймо, ласку Божу прославляймо, чудо Боже, всіх чудес. Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Христос Воскрес! Wondrous peace the world embraces, Let us join the angel voices, all the world this day rejoices, for God's word has come to pass. Christos Voskras! Christos Voskras! Christos Voskras, Voistino Voskras. Happy Easter to those celebrating according to the Julian calendar and those celebrating according to the Gregorian calendar. Because Easter, like Christmas, is more than just a day. The Easter season is just beginning on both calendars, and it will end next month with Zelenisviat, Green Holidays, or Pentecost. Dobri vacher i vitaju vas vsih, dorhi radio suhoči, na radio peredaču naš holos radio krinskoho korinja, na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u Misci Pavlina. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm Pavlina, your host. Thank you so much for joining me on today's program, more Easter music in the first half, as well an Easter message from Father Mikhailo at the Holy Eucharist Ukrainian Catholic Cathedral in New Westminster in an interview with Olena Skorohod. As well, we've got an interview with Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps, who will share more insights into the plight of Ukrainian civilians caught up in this unspeakable war. As well, we'll have our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and mostly a lot of great Ukrainian music. Uh, a lot of it is Easter music, to give my voice a break. I've got a bit of a cold, as you can hear, so um, I'm going to just let you sit back, relax, enjoy the music and the conversation. Спасенных людей царство забере. 
проклені спасені у небесної маті. З Богом і Христом, що вено, будуть вічно жити. Плине пісня скрізь усюди, раді серці через край. Бог дає спасіння людям, ще й небесний рай. Плине пісня скрізь усюди, раді серці через край. Окрипла віра і здійснила благодать, Забриніла серця віра і настав спокій. Думо, сестри, думо, братя, не марнуйте цілий час, З молодечністю і завзяттям заспіваймо враз. Плине пісня скрізь усюди, раді серці через край, Бог дає спасіння людям, ще й небесний рай.
Next, Elena Skorokhod in conversation with Father Mikhailo Ozorovich of the Holy Eucharist Ukrainian Catholic Cathedral in New Westminster. Hello, Father Mikhailo. Hi, Elena. So good to be here with you and our listeners. Thank you for agreeing to meet with me. I know your schedule is really busy. Last time when I met with you for the commentary or the interview, you shared some of your plans for the year of 2023. And then I've heard that you actually went to the Holy Land, to Israel. Can you please tell us about that trip? Of course. Yeah, one of the dreams for, of 2023 was to go to Israel for Holy Land pilgrimage. Uh, it was an amazing time. We had 20, 28 of us in total. Two of them were priests. So myself and Father Yuri uh, went. We, he led the pilgrimage uh, along me. So it was a wonderful time of, of, you know, first of all, being together in a group for seven days and a bit and plus travel. So you get to know people. You get to journey with them. Uh, they get to open up. You cry in each other's presence. You share joys with each other. You learn. You educate yourself. Advocate yourself. You walk in the footsteps of Christ, literally on the ground that Jesus walked. You see these historic sites that have been for over 2,000 years, the sites of pilgrimages where Christians came from across the world to venerate them, to experience God's presence. A few few highlights, if if I may. I did not see Jesus there. So he is risen and uh, he's at the right hand of God the Father waiting for you and I to be there. I, I saw him more and I see him more in my own parish, in the people I work with, I live with, I minister to. Uh, Christ is truly is among us as we greet each other. Christos nas. Christ is among us um, here where, where we are. So you know, you, we don't need to go anywhere to, to really encounter him, to see him, to experience his love and presence. Um, nonetheless, it was a good trip. Uh, and and for, for these next few, few reasons. One, I think one of the biggest highlights was... Um, when we had four married couples with us who were renewing their wedding vows in Cana of Galilee. So the, the place where Jesus performed his first miracle at a wedding, when his mother told him they are out of wine and do something. And uh, she said something very interesting to the servants. And I think we all need to listen to that in our lives. And, 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 and she said, do whatever he says. And then kind of she disappears and Jesus directs them to draw some water from these pitchers and bring it to the steward of the wedding and steward says whoa this is the best wine ever so in in that place when jesus by his presence and the first miracle blessed marriage we had these four couples and one of the couples was the couple i married four years ago so just year after i became priest so that was special for me the other couple was celebrating their 35th anniversary of being together the other couple celebrated their 50th anniversary of being together this year in 2023 and the fourth couple had 11 children that they raised together. The youngest are, is 16. So 
all our adults and they like survived their life and they're sane and happy and just it was a beautiful moment that couple for christmas had 60 people and that's kind of just immediate family children grandchildren and their boyfriends and girlfriends so it's very very beautiful witness of what a christian family can be another super special moment was not in the business of jerusalem which was nice to see but it's you know hustle and bustle of very you know busy and active city but it was in these moments of kind of silence and peace in uh, on Mount Tabor, where Jesus transfigured himself, showed his divinity as much as the apostles could could behold, it was a very special one for me. And the way of the cross, right? So we are now um, have entered the holy, a great and holy week when we reflect on Jesus' last hours and days of life before his crucifixion. So when we did our way of the cross through the streets, through the uh, bazaar, the marketplace of Jerusalem kind of gave us a little bit of feel how it was 2,000 years ago. That now we think about that event as, you know, life-changing and world-changing event. But back then it was just somebody being, you know, tortured and crucified. Nothing special happened every day on the streets of Jerusalem. And, and it was a very deep moment when you got to, you know, carry that cross to the streets and kind of just in your memory and heart to, to, to make Christ present or make yourself present to the suffering and passion of Christ. Yeah, deep moment. So just a few, few highlights like that. But it was an amazing trip. And, and we do invite you for next year to join us uh, in 2024, sp- uh, March break. So hopefully we will, um, that's our bucket list and dream. Hopefully they will also come true. So stay tuned. My next question was, did you feel that this was where the history of Christianity and all the biblical stories happened? And But I guess you did. Definitely. All the stories from the Bible come come alive when when you're there right when it when it when you read oh jesus took his 12 disciples into the mountainside or into the hillside i mean we all come from different parts of the world and we imagine if we're here from you know vancouver area that's something like golden years mountains or something like that or with the ocean or not right when we're from ukraine or for this carpathian mountains so like we imagine you know when you say mountain different person has different understanding of it so when you're there, you actually can see the mountain that Jesus referred and the, the lake and the sea that Jesus referred and, and the valley, Kedron Valley, they crossed to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. You enter Garden of Gethsemane where there's a little bit left over that garden, but there's still that olive trees and what used to be a bigger garden. So when they, you know, ascended that, that hill, you can be on Mount Tabor and see what kind of hike it was. You know, there was this cliff just outside of Nazareth the, the hometown of Jesus, where they, they tried to throw him off the cliff and kill him. And, and one of the mornings, we went to that cliff and see, yeah, you could die if somebody pushed you over that cliff. So the biblical stories become really alive there. And, and it's like, you know, watching a movie in black and white and then in color. So that's the difference. Not that you don't get the sense of it and, and the message of it, but full colors, that's how it's meant to be. And I think Holy Land Pilgrimage helped us uh, a lot. And so all those places are well-preserved. They're still there. They're still there. There is still, you know, debates, you know, recently for, for many years, for centuries, the uh, baptismal site, for example, for centuries, they believed that it was in one place on the Jordan and they built a whole infrastructure there for tourists to change by these white robes and go renew a baptismal vow and enter the river Jordan. And then not so late, a couple of decades ago, they opened this new site, which is a historically proper site, but it's a small place still being, you know, built and developed so they can, you know, take buses and buses and buses of turrets at a time. So uh, a lot of sites are preserved. A lot of them are, some of them are still kind of debated where exactly it happened. And, you know, uh, when you go to, let's say, Mount of uh, Ascension, right? So uh, the, the hill just outside of Jerusalem, so there's the Catholic Church have their ascension place, the Muslim have their ascension place, and, and the Orthodox have their ascension place. So all claim that the church that they are in is built on the place from which Jesus ascended to have. And they're all are right, because we don't really know the you know the coordinates of that spot where Jesus ascended, but we know that it was from that mountain. So any side of that mountain can be can be that. But it's interesting how uh you know we see these different churches, different religions even. Uh, referring to the same event, but having different locations. Easter is coming, and can you please just tell us something very important about celebrating the resurrection? 
Well, I'll tell you something very important. Christos Voskres. It's the most important uh, news. It's the most important truth. And it's the most important um, also direction for us in, in our life. So Christ is risen. We really need to think through this greeting in our lives because we just take it for granted. The Feast of Resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is, is given us as a celebration once a year to have our faith, our hope, and our love uh, re-energized, uh, re-inspired, re-ignited, uh, recharged. Uh, this is the Feast of, of Joy. All our Christian life, everything that we say about Jesus and God is based on the fact that Jesus is risen. And so our faith in this incarnate word of God, God becoming man so that we can become gods by, by grace. So God taking upon himself the word becoming flesh uh, so that we who believe in him might become adopted children of God. Right? So that's our faith. That's what we read at, at the prologue of Gospel of John on Easter. The word uh, who is God becoming man, dwelling among us, pitching his tent and being among us so that we who believe be, to become children. And it also says that the world rejected. Many have rejected. But those who believed became children uh, of God. So that's our faith in that risen Lord. Then we have hope. I mean, with, I, I don't really know how people who are not Christians and who don't have resurrection do life without it through, through struggles, through evil, through darkness that is in the world. I mean, it's, it's very hard. So the hope that we have in the resurrection is that promise assurance of eternal life because we know in our hearts, we are not meant for this life. Like we look around, like, do you want to do this forever? I don't, uh, but my heart does. There's something in me, deep in me that wants true love, peace, prosperity, and, and goodness, and truth. We all strive for those values, but they're not found here, really. To some extent, in some things they are. You know, marriage does show a good love. You know, uh, peace in, in among good countries, you can kind of sense it a bit here and there. Goodness, you definitely do find a lot of good people. General, there are people who are generous. So you kind of find little bit, little pieces of that, but the fullness of that is only in the resurrection, after we die, yes, unfortunately, but then rise again to be with Christ. And so any struggles, any dark times, like the war in Ukraine, I do not know how I would deal with, that, with it if I wasn't Christian, if my hope was not, was based in anything else or anybody else but the risen Lord. And then love. So eventually all, you know, the strong foundation of faith and, and the firm Hope that we have leads us to then love in action, then live our lives as instruments of God's love and mercy in this world, of being through Christ, through our baptism. We have died and risen to new life as Christians. We have we sing, all you who have been baptized in Christ, you have put on Christ, right? So that putting on the garment of Christ is that love in action to our neighbors. So I, I wish uh, that that all of us really take it seriously this this Sunday. The words Christ is risen and how our love, our hope and our faith uh, strengthen or maybe discovered for some of our listeners and ignited. And so we can share it with the whole world and, and yell from the, you know, from the rooftops of our houses and to everybody that Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Від щирого серця, від е, всіх священників і парафіян Храму Престої Христів Нівосмістері Катедрального Собору, хочу привітати вас світлим праздником Христового Воскресіння. І нехай цей праздник для кожного з нас справді буде відлунням, таким глибоким і дзвінким тих слів привіту християнського Христос Воскрес. Нехай ті слова зроблять нашу вірою твердішою в Христа Спасителя, в оплоченого Слова Божого, який взяв на себе людську природу, щоб її через свою смерть воскресити, відновити і освятити. Нехай надія нашого воскреслого Христа, яка є набагато міцнішою, твердішою і запевненішою, ніж будь-що чи будь-хто в цьому світі. Я, я не знаю, як люди, які не є християнами, могли би приймати той факт, що війна відбувається, і переживати ці труднощі, тривоги, смерті, втрати, темноту. І, і все, що війна собою принесла, але ми, люди Воскресіння, 
Тому, як каже апостол Павло, якщо Христос не воскрес, то марна віра наша. Нехай та віра дасть нам тверду надію у воскреслого Христа на, на життя у вічності, яке вже тут починається. Вже тут ми живемо відблиском того вічного життя. Тоді тільки частинки того миру, любові, злагоди, добра і краси, які ми прагнемо, але запевнення і сповнення тієї надії буде тільки у воскресінні. І, і нехай та наша тверда віра і надія ведуть нас до активної любові щодо інших. Нехай ми не, не, ніколи не, не втомлюємося трудитися ділами милосердя до інших. А нехай Воскреслий Христос своєю перемогою, своїм оптимізмом, своєю радістю і світлом дасть кожному з нас сили і радості. І перетворить, переобразить, трансформує кожного з нас у, у свій інструмент любові і милосердя в цьому світі. Тому ж голосно, одне одному і радісно кричіть «Христос Воскрес!» Воістину Воскрес! Христос Воскресе! Христос Воскресе! Христос Воскресе! Христос Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. 
Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a tax-deductible donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications and, when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Since 2014, Toronto-based Ukraine War Amps has been helping wounded Ukrainian veterans and the families of the fallen in Russia's war against Ukraine. Many of the veterans that UWA helped recovered sufficiently from their injuries to be able to return to battle. Sadly, about 20% of them have since perished at the front. When Russia ramped up its attack to a full-scale war last February, Ukraine War Amps expanded its scope to also meet the needs of volunteer defenders and civilians currently under direct attack throughout the country. Jean Berezovsky of Ukraine War Amps joins us now to tell us how Ukraine survived the winter and the role that UWA had in helping provide relief for the survivors. So thanks for joining us once again, Jean. Thank you for having me. So, um... We were talking last month, and you had brought up, we were just actually chatting, and we had, incidentally, a story came up about uh, Ukrainians foraging in the forests and how they're not able to now because the forests have been mined. And so they're missing out on spring mushrooms, they'll be missing out on berries later on, and other food products that they depend on. And he also mentioned that these forests, not only is it mining that's a problem, but there's an ongoing issue that is decimating the forests in Ukraine. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's right. And also, uh, you know, as we all remember, that uh, October 2022, when uh, Mr. Putin decided to caused that huge uh, wintering uh, problem for Ukrainians in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Heating was um, one of the key questions, how they're going to survive, how they're going to heat their houses. And that's when we are looking into forestry again. Oh, so he cut off the gas, then people were looking to, for wood, to burn wood for fuel in the winter. Yeah, so essentially, you know, it's like... Uh, you, you and me cut off without electricity, yeah. and our gas heaters do not uh, contribute to heating anymore. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's winter. Yeah, but, it's cold in Ukraine exactly. in winter. Yeah, so uh, essentially, we are looking back into like a caveman solution, yeah. heating with uh, with a simple fire with wood. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's how essentially. You know, I arrived at that uh, uh, topic, spoke to my friend, to one of my uh, old friends in the Poltava region, in a, in a village near Lubny. And I told him, hey, Mikola, so how did we do this winter? And how's my forest where we used to pick mushrooms? And, uh, and he said, hey, that forest, half of it left. Half, half of the forest disappeared oh. within... Yeah, within decades for illegal uh, logging and timber business. You know, it's interesting, Jean. I was in Ukraine back in 2015 and maybe even um, 2012 when I was there uh, back then. I was in the Karpate and uh, and I was told that there was a lot of illegal harvesting of timber and uh, you, you know, the people were just standing by, seeing this happen under their uh, under their eyes, and they were unable to do anything about it. And so it's been, this has been going on a long time, and of course, I guess it's ramped up. Yeah, so that's exactly the situation. And uh, uh, like Carpathian, that's a separate tra- tragedy because uh, the entire ec- ecosystem depends on it. And when we're talking about like recent. Uh, uh, Ukrainian history, UPA including, we all think, you know, we're Carpathian mountains in the forest. Right. You know, that's why uh, Ukrainian army was uh, capable of doing what they've been doing for like 20 years, Which, just because that... The shelter. Uh, having that shelter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, some pictures, uh, I've seen some Google pictures. It's astonishing. 
And how you know it's illegal? Because they do not replant uh, new trees. Yeah, they just clear cut and leave it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this was this so, was a, this was a conversation that that I was having with with the locals there uh, that were saying that they just come in, they they clear cut, and the money does not not nothing, none of the the profits goes back to the people, and uh, it enriches some shady oligarchs who knows where they're from or who they are, and uh, I think people know who they are, but they're afraid to say anything. And, uh, you know, you sent me a very interesting article earlier today, Jean, about uh, this being exposed by an NGO uh, based in London called Earthlink. Yeah, I, uh, that's uh, pretty much what, uh, what, what I know of, too. And that system is, uh, is there for decades. And I think all, uh, all of it kind of planted into the body of Ukraine by Moscow regime, essentially, by KGB. Yeah. That's part of the plan well, to make Ukraine even weaker. Of course, yeah. Well, that's uh, sure. I mean, and that's uh, there's been the corruption in Ukraine is mostly Russian oligarchs, it's, it's, right? It's rooted there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's been the same Kremlin crew as as was always there under communism. They just ripped up their communist party cards and uh, slapped on a a hat that said Democrat, right? Yeah. So I just given you that example of a friend of mine. Mikola, and so I asked him in preparation for our chat today. I asked him, so how you how you've been doing with heating? By the way, he can grow tomatoes from seeds right now because it's too chilly in the house. So he said, uh, I have to wait with tomatoes and with other plants because usually I would start them at home, but right now. In a house too cold. Oh. You know, plant just don't go, yeah? Plant is, uh, the seed is waiting for certain temperature, yeah? yeah? If temperature is below 10 degrees, for instance, the tomato seed just doesn't start. And, so and they- for you to have a good harvest of tomatoes as early as July, you need to keep the baby running. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I said, hey, Mikola, so what's up? And he said, gas, uh, their village, like uh, gas uh, heating, Mm -hmm. but he said too expensive. And he said, I cancel my uh, agreement with uh, with the gas company because it's uh, it's too much for a villager. You're you're saying he had, because he couldn't afford the cost of the heating fuel, he had to cancel his contract. So he has no heating fuel coming to the house now because he can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, couldn't couldn't afford it. So he said, uh, I was on route for for couple of years by now. So when this winter came, I was okay. I was prepared. But getting wood is a challenge too, because uh, for them to buy a truck of wood for a winter, it's like twelve thousand hryvnia, and for some in the village, it's big money. What does that convert and to to Canadian dollars? It's not much. I would say like four four hundred. Okay, but but what but what is the the average income now of of uh, Ukrainians? Well, you're talking about people in the village, mm-hmm. so their income, you know, they grow potato. That's the income. There mm-hmm. is no money value for that. Oh, wow. often, often oh. it's just whatever you grow and exchange with others. It's not a salary. Many of them like uh, working as handyman and uh-huh. occasionally, but. Uh, I don't know in terms of income. It, it, it's a lot, yeah? Especially people are, we are dealing with, as Ukrainian war amps, people who have been wounded, families who have uh, wounded in the family. They have a huge expense for medicine. And no income, uh, to speak yeah. of, other than subsistence income. Yeah, now, um, some picking up wood in, uh, in forest, but it, it, it sounds like it's a legal business. It sounds like many of them would do it because that's the only resource, especially during this war, so especially being yeah. caught up uh, without uh, electricity. Yeah. Is it dangerous for them to go and collect wood in the forest and, since there are shady oh, characters? No, no, I no? wouldn't say. Okay. Well, no, I wouldn't say. Oh, look, that's what uh, me and my babcha, we would always go. <laughs> that's what we, uh-huh. that kind of, <laughs> that was a way of living. I don't know, like, I'm not sure about now, but nothing super dangerous. You just go and 
collect wherever, you know, like okay. uh, branches and uh, kid links and uh, mm-hmm. woods, uh, wherever you're picking up from the floor. You, you don't have to fell a tree right. yeah, for that. Right, right. So, yeah, for me and my babcha, it would be like uh, business as usual. We would ah. just go, enjoy the atmosphere, the forest, but, but we didn't do it to survive. We more did it for pleasure. Oh, for camping and, yeah, bonfires. Yeah, yeah, yeah more like uh, summertime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because in wintertime, we would get uh, back home to, like, apartment. Yeah, and you have, and, uh, you and, had electricity. And hide. Yeah. yeah, exactly, hide in there. Mm-hmm. So it's slightly different. Yeah. But, you know, as, a, as an organization, we actually came out to, our supported families and said, okay, guys, what we can do for you? And uh, under circumstances of uh, October, November 2022, December 2022, when uh, situation was pretty critical, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we didn't know it was going to be a mild winter. We didn't know, you know, how effective uh, Ukrainian uh, countermeasures will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we mobilized our resources. Uh, some places we replaced uh, doors, you know, like because in some areas closer to front lines, people got damaged uh, doors and windows. And right. that's kind of point number one to, to fix. Yeah. Right. We supported one family of uh, Mitrovdanko. Mitrovdanko was one of the Ukrainian uh, heroes who was killed in Donbass and left behind his. Uh, wife's video with three kids mm. and they actually managed last year they managed in the spring to evacuate to spain oh then in the fall they're coming back to their home because uh, i asked them why you came back why you didn't stay there at least for a while and the answer was pretty much home sweet home you're homesick yeah so spain can replace your home right and uh and she came back with three kids. The job she got, uh, very little money. And here is a new thing coming. No, no, no electricity, darkness, and cold. So essentially, we spoke to uh, donors and we were able to collect the amount of money sufficient enough for her to buy and install a furnace, a pot belly stove, you know. Oh, so not yeah. not a big furnace that we're used to, just a pot belly stove in the middle no, of the house. No, no, that's, wow. that's kind of traditional old school ones, yeah? Yeah. They're, they're pretty much the only ones uh, which work. The old school pot belly stove. Wow. Wood burning. Yeah. It'll, it will heat the whole house? Uh, I, I can tell you that exactly because it depends how you install it, you know? Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't have... Uh, I don't have exact answer. I'm not sure. I have no no accurate idea how big the houses are. Usually those are smaller villagers' uh, huts. So it's not multiple uh, rooms and it's usually kind of humble size. Yeah. Even if it's a one room, sure. it's already uh, win-win for us. Yeah. Uh, the situation is improving now, for sure. They got uh, essentially... Uh, Starting February, they got more uh, uh, bigger windows with electricity, and some were able to put on their original uh, gas heaters occasionally from time to time. Uh And the window was mild and the days uh, longer and warmer. So, yeah, there is an improvement. Yeah. So, just uh, one one of the situations. Another situation we got. uh, in Irpin. Irpin, you know, it's a city like 10 kilometers near Kiev. Irpin, oh, yeah, where that massacre happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, frontline city, yeah. So that's where we got all the windows and door broken. So we, we had to to face that first yeah. to help people. And uh, we have uh, a wounded guy there, like one le- leg amputee. And obviously, he lost his job uh, as the big uh, yeah. big war began. And again, we were able, thanks to current people all over the globe, we've been able to buy him the same solution, like a pot belly, wood burning stove. And it's, uh, it's the guy with two little uh, kids, like two and four, and, oh. and his wife, yeah. And uh, they... Uh, 
they've been through horrible, horrible nightmares. And uh, I'm really proud we we were able to help them. Yeah. So, but overall, uh, what I want to say overall, like uh, many Ukrainians found solutions. Often, moving from apartment to to huts and um, houses in a village were were kind of simple heating solution was possible and available. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, yeah, back to caveman solution, uh, burning woods. And that's where I kind of unfortunately realized how much forests dis- have disappeared. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Because, not, bad uh, yeah, not bad enough. They had to leave their their apartments and go live in a hut somewhere in the wilderness. Now their the forests are being depleted. People, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, probably the biggest biggest embarrassing issue: how much forest gone illegally, illegally gone. Second. Second issue for many, especially right now I'm talking about uh, northern Ukraine. So they're not allowed to go to to the forest close to the border with Belarus and uh, Russia, which is kind of self-explanatory. Why? Very dangerous, yeah. Yeah, but for the families, and again, we have families of amputees, guys who they not only need care and heating, they also not really mobile people. Yeah. So they had to drive often like 50, 60, 70 kilometer the other way to get uh, into forest where they allowed to pick up uh, roots, let's mm. say. And where did they get the fuel for the car? I mean, that, that they need, they burn fuel in the car to go and get the wood. Oy. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Oh. Again, if you're talking about the uh, villages, so they usually they usually can find a car, pickup truck, uh, you know, like uh, in a village. Not yeah. maybe not their own, yeah. but they can find. They can rent one for for a day, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was uh, another issue number two, and of course, big issue like uh, forest around Kiev. As we spoke before, you you don't go there because it's all uh, like a huge. Uh, Mining, Mining field, field yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so that winter was was a challenge. It um, it looks like uh, it was hard for for everyone, and it looks like Ukraine went through, and people found solutions. Well, there well, there's a will, there's a way, and Ukrainians have always been resourceful because there's been so much bloodshed, always so many invaders over the centuries mm-hmm. coming in, take trying to take away what what isn't theirs and killing Ukrainian people. Yeah. So again, uh, Ukraine WAMPs help to many families, and in some cases we help to to buy and install the stove. In some cases, we help partially, but we we try to to give solution to as many families as we can. Yeah. And that's what we do. That's what we do since uh, 2014. Yeah, you've been doing an incredible job. And uh, if anybody's listening that hasn't yet. Um, donated to Ukraine war amps, I couldn't think of a, a more worthy and more trustworthy place to, to put your money if you if you are so inclined to donate and to support uh, the Ukrainians in their quest for freedom right now and just to survive uh, all the attacks. And uh, you've done many things to help um, the defenders, the civilians now, as, as you've just told us, the families of the fallen, and... I'm sure there's there's never never enough money, never enough help to go around. But at least you do what you can do, thanks to the donors. So yeah, and you know we 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 go on day by day and project by project, and we help uh, families survive this past winter, and it's still we don't know anything about winter to come. Yeah. Yeah. So and these people now equipped with a solution just in case. Yeah. And under these circumstances, that could be for them. It, 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 it's a hope that next winter they're gonna be all right. Yeah. Well, Gene. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, Gene. If uh, somebody, uh, anybody listening who wants to get in touch with Ukraine War Amps and to make a donation, how would they reach you? If you just uh, Google Ukraine War Amps, you'll find. Uh, a lot of references about us, but essentially UkraineWarAmps.ca, that's our website. 
and uh, one can donate to, to the website or PayPal, for instance. Just use our email address, ukrainewaramps at gmail.com or just uh, send us an email. Okay. And also you're on Facebook too. We, we, we're also on social media, Facebook, Ukraine Waramps. Just join us and follow us now. Okay. So thank you so much, Jean, for uh, giving us this update. Um, all our best to the incredible, remarkable Ukrainian heroes, um, every single one of them that's um, that's surviving this terrible onslaught. And uh, thank you for the work that you do and for um, sharing your stories. And we hope for more and happier stories uh, in the future. So thanks so much, Jean. Uh, it was uh, my pleasure, and thank you, Paulette, for, for your time and effort. It's a privilege and an honor. Thank you so much, Jean. Our things in California. I hear the traffic's just insane. Plastic people and paparazzi. Yeah, I know all the left coast cliches Tell me, is there a bar on your corner Where you buy each other beers And solve all the world's problems Same the sunset Our last night in Cozumel Stumbled on some local wedding On the beach by our hotel Though I didn't know the language I recognized the tears
There is no distance between our countries in such values. That is very important to see that they are uh, really in many, in many things, really the same. An incredible find on the internet that was American country music star Brad Paisley, as you heard in conversation with uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky in a lovely tribute to two countries, two worlds, and a very powerful message. We're all people. We're all the same. The song is called Same Here by Brad Paisley. And our proverb of the week translates as Faith in God does not harm anyone. It only protects from evil and makes life sweeter. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you miss our on-air or live stream broadcast, you'll find the podcast at our website, www.nashholos.com. There's also a link to our Patreon site there, and I hope you'll consider supporting our work with a monthly donation. That's www.nashholos.com. And there's also a list of reputable charities, including Ukraine War Amps, if you'd like to make a donation to support Ukrainians in their fight against Russian aggression. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320. Thanks for listening, and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.